0: This is the one with an end of an era. Proof that cats are masters over humans.
1: The wonderful world of wildlife. Essentially a fun-loving species.
0: And no dead wood.
1: It's called survival. Here Here we go.
0: go. (laughs) You're going to miss that.
2: (laughs) I will miss that.
0: We're embarking
2: on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Thal and boot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back
3: when? We're reviewing all of who there is. Who back
2: when? And subscribe and or night iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this Odyssey. What other choice could there be than? Who
3: back
2: when? Who back when? when? What's up, Podcast Land? Hope you're all feline fine. Welcome to yet another, in fact, the final Classic Who serial review here on Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast.
1: Oh, Doc Past. That's, that's right. That's right,
2: yeah. <laughs> and yes, you heard right, Podcast Land. This is the very last serial, the ironically named survival. But fret not, to think positive, because I'm joined by two of my dearest friends. To dissect it for your earball's delight. I apologize. I can't believe I prepared this. First off, across the ether, <laughs> dialing in all the way from the planet of Cheetahs is the Cake Boss himself. Hello, Jim.
1: Hello. Yes, quick. They're after me again.
2: Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and sitting beside me, no further away than the width of a Perryvale convenience store cat food aisle is the one and only it's drew hello drew hello podcast land i'm going tabby your surprise third co-host tonight nice very nice and i am leon and yes that's right we are discussing survival today chaps the three of
1: us are assembled for this one
2: it is a very special occasion how do you feel
1: i i feel like i've been shitting all over the last few serials and i'm incredibly happy i don't have to shit all over this one
2: Oh, well, there we go. Right. Is that because you're feeling a little nostalgic and sentimental with it being the last one, or because high level you think, holy smokes, this is the shit?
1: I mean, who could ever know? I am but human. My emotions do play a factor, but. Oh, very yeah. mysterious. It was good. It's the end. It yeah. is a bit emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Very emotional. How about you, Drew?
0: <laughs>
2: well, I mean, <laughs> what? That's basically my review. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to witness history. You've seen a few of the Seventh seventh Doctor serials. How many of them have you seen? And did you see the last one? Like, has this been a continuing... I've seen about
0: half now. I haven't seen The Curse of Fenric, unfortunately. God rest Nicholas Parsons' soul. But yeah, I've seen Revolution of the Daleks, Silver Nemesis, the first two, this one.
2: Yeah. You're a veteran, essentially, of Seventh Doctor material.
0: More so than any other classic
2: Doctor, yes. Yeah. This was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it meant really well. I feel like re- <laughs> Did you say went really well or it, meant really It meant well. well. Oh. I think they had really good intentions. Does that make sense? There's great potential, but... And it's a fun story. I was entertained. Were you guys not entertained? I was thoroughly entertained by this serial, but it is... I somehow can't believe that this is what we're ending on.
1: I mean, I get what you're saying, and we will have to unpack a lot of stuff, particularly about yeah. the fact that this is... This is the last appearance of Antony Ailey and I and, can't even say his name. I'm so yeah. emotional. Antony Ainley as the master, yeah. and is the only time I believe he appeared with the Seventh Doctor. Yes, indeed.
0: Is it the only time he it appeared is. with fangs?
1: Oh, this is a good question. I assume so.
2: I assume so, yeah, exactly.
1: I don't know if the master has appeared with fangs before, but i would pretty sure this is the only time this master appears with fangs. Certainly. But yeah, it's not... A great master serial. He is not very well used. That would be my takeaway at a top level, kind of. Mm. And that's probably the biggest issue I have with this. Otherwise, I quite enjoyed it. I think I do agree. It had a lot of heart. There was a lot of intention with this. It did feel different compared to the last couple of serials that I felt were just a bit all over the place. And, well, shit. <laughs> and this this felt like <laughs> someone's putting a lot of effort in here. The production level felt different. And I was along for the ride for the most part.
2: Yeah. Very interesting. Right. How about before we nudge any further, we delve into some sort of summary, some sort of praisey.
1: Marvellous idea.
2: Time for us to synopsize. Labify and summarize. So take a view and, and grab a brew and listen time to time this overview. This free-for-all we like to compromise this chunk of room. In the very last serial of classic Doctor Who, the Seventh Doctor and Ace finally return to Perivale, only to find the town in a dismal state. Stray cats maraud the back gardens. The local youth centre has been turned into a fight club, and most of Ace's old friends have vanished without a trace. The locals don't appear particularly concerned. But Doc immediately gets on with his usual investigations and tracks down the most fake-looking cat prop in Greater London.
0: The so-called Kittling is indeed behind the disappearances, but isn't acting on its own accord. In fact, it is merely a pawn of The Masters, who is controlling it from far away on the planet of the Cheetah People. Himself trapped there, The Master is sending Kitlings and Cheetahs to kidnap the youths of Perivale, use them as food and playthings for his new feline compatriots, and maybe as bait for Doc Ace to come help him leave. Possibly? Not sure. Perhaps we'll get to the bottom of it in our review.
1: Doc and Ace are obviously kidnapped as well and taken to a quarry on the far side of the universe. There, they join forces with the surviving Paravel kidnappees and must somehow navigate the ultimate of Catch-22s. If they don't fight, they can't leave. If they do fight, they'll turn into cheaters. If they remain, they turn into cheaters. If they turn into cheaters, they can leave. We're not doing it just this podcast land, it's all really rather profoundly poignant stuff from the writer of Eaters of Light.
2: cow over. You are welcome.
1: Aren't you just? Right, yes. Also, can I just say, terrific
2: having you on board for a classic, Drew, the master voice work is, <laughs> is splendido. Right, where are we starting?
1: Come on, you've got to start us off with some questions, Mr. Leon, for the last classic. For the last classic. Okay,
2: you know yeah, what?
0: You didn't bring us ten years down this temporal road to flake out at the last minute without any starting questions.
2: I've got nothing to say, Nothing. everything makes sense. Right, okay, you, you know what, before I jump into a, a question, our people... Actually, this is a question, sorry. <laughs> before I jump into the question that, this is, just uh, the pre-question that I meant question. to ask... Is cheetah people just an incredibly lazy nomenclature? Like normally, <laughs> you know, okay. they, they that was own... not
1: the question I was expecting. I was just expecting, <laughs> does everyone else find them as hot as I do?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tails! <laughs> They don't have tails. What? They don't... Oh, yeah. Don't think I didn't notice, <laughs> dude. You can like, tell how angry he <laughs> is. Yeah. D- that scene where... Cara, you know what? Fuck their name. This is way more important. That scene where Kara <laughs> face plants in the lake. And you expected a twitch. Has no tail. And so you didn't get one. So these these cats, they're just like... they. Yeah. I mean, such a bummer. <laughs> anyway. Right. So here, what, what I You're meant just to... Just bum. No tail. What I meant to ask was... Can we talk about the master? You brought him up. Hence, why, why don't we start there, Jim mm. Cakes? The master and the master plan. What was it about this that didn't feel mastery to you?
1: I mean, for me, it just made him feel like the lowest of low-rent bodies. We start, and he's, he's stuck on this planet with the cheetah people. He's managed to sort of control them. Okay, tick in the master-does-mastery-things box. Yeah. And it's just all really, it's really a bit pathetic. Like, he's stuck on a planet. He uses cats to try and lure Doc here. I wasn't even convinced that was intentional. I thought it was more Doc happened to be around. It's like, oh, wait, now the Doc's here. I can maybe get Doc to help. And then, yeah, at the end of it all, he's just left back on the planet that may or may not be exploding. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah, exactly. That's it, then. Okay.
0: Okay. Based on what you said, I have some questions, since I haven't seen the Seventh Doctor era in its entirety. Mm -hmm. Has the Master appeared previously in the Seventh Doctor era?
2: No, this is it, isn't it?
0: This is the first Master.
3: So So the Master
0: could not have known that Ace was travelling with the Doctor, and therefore that he had any reason ever to be present in Perivale.
2: Yeah, so this is one of my questions. like... Normally, the master gets to do really clever stuff. He is an incredibly clever baddie, right? Or they are an incredibly clever baddie. And they will happily spend a very long time building up to the cleverness, right? That's but, what a master plan is all about. But is the deal here that somehow... And by the way, there are further questions down the line. But is the deal here that he spent years, at least a significant portion of time, kidnapping people from Perivale just in case?
1: I mean, the only thing I can say is it's not a leap. To expect the master to know who Doc's companions are, even if he hasn't met them. Like, he can hear about adventures, see the after effects of stuff that they've done, perhaps. I don't think it's yeah. a leap to say that, but we didn't get that in the serial, so that feels a bit weak. But um, it's
2: specifically, he... Perivale. Like, it's not somewhere yeah. on Earth, and then Doc recognizes, oh, there's something weird happening in Guatemala, and it has that classic master signature. This is yeah. happening just down the street, and everyone who's affected is a charm of aces. <laughs>
0: I'm buying what Jim is selling. I think the Master is always low-level stalking the Doctor because of their love-hate relationship. So okay. yeah, why not
2: give him a free pass this one time out for sentimental reasons? Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair okay. enough. How long has the Master been there? Do we find out?
1: Presumably not that long, because everyone time lords are we're going to assume are affected differently to this planet's influence on humans turning into cheetah people. Yeah, but everyone else is turning pretty down quickly. And based on the ending, I can only assume Doc has started to turn in the time frame of this serial. Otherwise, how else does he teleport?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, ergo, the master can't have been there that long. Otherwise, he would already be a cheater person.
2: But he is turning into one towards the end. He is already turning into a cheater person when he's... I mean, he's as much a cheater person as Doc is, certainly, if not more. Well, yeah, so or why doesn't he just Niches.
0: teleport away if that's exactly. how the Doctor gets away in the end? Leon is pointing... It's in my notes, it's He's
2: in my notes. his finger <laughs> at his phone. He did not need any of this. Like, the second he turned yeah. into... He, he grew fangs. He could just teleport back to what is home for him, which is presumably wherever his TARDIS is, or Gallifrey.
1: Maybe. Well, A, I think it's just... Yeah, this is a failing of of this being a master serial and it makes the master seem really dumb like he, he could only get this information from the doctor and the doctor instantly knew it and it just makes the master seem not like a worthy adversary it just makes him seem like a fool yeah it's just it's just a bit r- rubbish hmm.
0: Hmm. so that is the explanation for the doc getting away at the end because i was completely baffled by the master raises his huge bone The Doctor is delivering his impassioned final monologue, and then he's back on Earth, and I had no idea why.
1: Um, I mean... That's the best I could make of it. The only thing that doesn't make sense, if that's the case, is that Doc is very surprised he's teleported. And you're right, Drew, it's exactly, he's mid-speech. Like, he accidentally teleports, if that's what happens.
2: Yeah, he delivers the speech twice, once on each planet. Yeah, exactly. He's mid-speech. He's He's in that very intuitive point in any speech where you start from the beginning and repeat the (laughs) crescendo. (laughs) it's all kill
0: and no filler. It's worth hearing twice.
2: Exactly, Yeah. (laughs) Okay so does Doc uncheater himself at the end and and Ace is Ace uncheated at the end. Oh cuz doesn't Doc say something like you can help us get back but if you do you're no- never going to be uncheated.
1: I forget exactly how that dialogue went. I got it more as there was a chance like she was he gave her the choice as well. That was quite a particular thing. It's like I'm going to let you choose your fate here. But I don't think it was mm-hmm. a given that she would turn into a cheater. It was just like if you get us out of here I might not be able to help you. But then I'm not convinced he could have helped her if she stayed. Like, it, was the, it seemed like a little bit of a no-brainer. Just yeah, teleport away from this freaky planet. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'll look it up in the transcript because oh. I was under the impression that, at least in the moment, the choice was, as you say, in the B-Scale, the Catch-22 of, if you get us off this planet, you are definitely cheated.
2: Yeah, I'm almost certain that that's the case. That's certainly the case for Midge. Midge. <laughs> Midge. Midge Buchanan,
1: who might also feel we should discuss so, it a little bit. Yeah, the transcript is, but if you do that, you may never change back. It's okay,
2: and not... she is vacillating a little bit. They hang out with the child. She does her eyes go a little glowy at one point.
1: Oh yeah, Midge's sister is
2: it? Definitely her calling her sister. I don't. know. It's surely it is, <laughs> isn't it? there's Midge's photo is is on the mantelpiece. Yes, it is yeah. Midge's sister.
1: Yeah, there was just a moment where because Ace says like her grandmother lives upstairs, and I've only just now connected. It means she wanted to take her to an adult, not not that she lived in a different place. Right. So she didn't want, yes. want her to stay in that house. Yeah.
2: So wait, so hang on. Who's grand? Midge's grandmother lives upstairs? Midge's and Squeaks. So, in- oh, yeah. Scott, sk- oh my God. That's a name. No one in Perryvale has a normal name. So, <laughs> Midge, Squeaks, Ace. <laughs> oh, whatever the other side. <laughs> Imagine the thought that Midge and Squeak's grandmother will have coursing through her brain as she comes downstairs, can't find either one of her grandchildren, and there is a torn apart
1: cat in the living room. Yeah. I assume Ace took Smidge to the grandmother's place. Doesn't, doesn't she go off screen and do that? I can't, I can't remember now. <laughs> smidge. I like that. <laughs> I
0: think they just rock up at where they think Midge lives at, at
1: first. Yeah, no, this is after that. When the yeah, kid take... comes out and yeah. she's all freaked out because her cat has been ripped apart. They, they go outside. They go out yeah they go out to the balcony bit and ace says her grandmother lives upstairs i'll take her there sort of thing yes Uh, yes yes yes
0: yes. sorry Um,
1: that was what was confusing me originally i was like i thought she lived with her grandmother and so she just stumbled into that apartment because her cat went in there or something like that and then she saw her cat ripped to shreds but no she's Midge's sister that makes sense clarifying sure
2: all right we have yeah (laughs) we have absolutely figured out their family tree still i find it absolutely (laughs) mad that in or possibly not mad at all actually that in this town of perivale in greater london i found out today i didn't realize where it was you passed it on the oxford tube right yeah it's awesome that no one none of the grown-ups none of the adults seem to care that their kids are going missing so presumably, actually, they're not going to be too bothered if they come home from work or come downstairs from being a grandmother or whatever it is and find a dead cat in the living room and no grandchildren. It's like, oh yeah, whatever. It's a w- Wednesday, so who cares? Yeah. It's a small yeah, yeah. price to pay Wednesday.
0: for getting rid of one of my juvenile delinquent
2: progeny. Yeah, Squeak, <laughs> or whatever her name was. Squeak yeah squeak squeak yeah
0: mitch went away and then he came back he's my big brother he's got funny eyes now leon
2: what did you think of this child actor well to be fair when is this 1989 indeed yeah cgi hadn't really come far enough we couldn't have replaced her so it would have been like the brothers uh,
0: it would have been like the it been the dire straits money for nothing video it would have looked terrible
2: oh i can't i can't picture what hey, that looks like but you take it's, that it's yeah, not gonna be great i'm sure
0: <laughs> sorry jim sorry jim <laughs>
1: It's like the best music video ever. <laughs> it really is, though. So it said, is. so said my nine-year-old brain. Anyway, <laughs> oh <How> nice. <laughs> I was, I was fine with with Smidge.
2: I much prefer Smidge to Squeak.
0: Yeah, I thought she did a very good job of appearing really miserable.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they didn't overuse her. Yes, yes. It was an, exactly the right amount of. Let's establish that he has a sibling. Done. Get this child out of frame,
1: please.
0: And they did. Yeah. Yeah, well done. And we have to pay her less than we would have to pay the adult grandma. So everyone, everybody wins.
1: <laughs> I'm a little bit Sorry. curious why they felt they needed to have that part, though. You've got a cat ripped to shreds. That's what you need to get across, is that Midge has gone feral and is just attacking pets. And then yeah. you don't, like, if that is gruesome enough, and this may be the reason that they had to have a character react to it. Like, if it's gruesome enough, then you, the audience, go, oh my god, that's horrific, Midge is a monster. But because it looked like two orange bits of fabric and some ketchup between it, they had to have a little child come along and say, oh no, my little kitty's gone ripped to shreds. Yeah. I think, I still, you know what, actually, now that you say
2: that, I think I would have preferred no, no squint, no smidge, whatever. Doc and Ace show up, they immediately see the picture on the mantelpiece, the dead cat on the floor, Ace instantaneously buffs against the wall. <laughs> and then they just leave. And then you just hear the steps. You don't even see anyone. You just see the step or hear the steps of, I guess, the grandmother coming downstairs and going, are you there? Just as they're leaving. So you know that when she rounds the corner, she'll be confronted with a wall full of puke and a dead cat. Whoa. I think, I feel like that would have been kind of fun. Nice. I
1: don't know. I good, felt the referee, shock right. of
0: the, thanks. I felt the shock of the felt and ketchup. Nonetheless, they panned away from it pretty quickly just quickly enough that you knew what it was yeah without getting to see all of the cheap details
2: yeah i watched the platform last night have you guys seen the platform no okay i'm not gonna spoil it in that case but there's a similar ish reveal in that film and which is way more graphic and what we got in the serial was exactly as effective. It, it, pointless reference, since you haven't seen it. I can recommend it, though. Very good. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right. So, where were we? We'd established that Squeak was Midge's sister. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not go back to that
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, because we're talking about kind of production stuff, and as hinted in the Leon-written b there are a lot of, depending on your point of view, amazing or incredibly shit animatronic cats in this serial. Yeah. Or possibly just one. I think that's just tuna. the one, and it's perfect. It's great. Yeah, it puts Salem
0: from Clarissa uh, well, the yes. Teenage Witch
2: to shame. Wait, 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 wait I was actually, say, no. There are no animatronic cats Sabrina in this. Surely there are only real cats in this. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking well, about,
1: I was, Jim? I was gonna say, was anyone else getting Salem from Sabrina vibes? It was totally that. It, <laughs> I didn't at the time, but now that you guys said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was just how slowly it moved, wasn't it? Just how long each shot had to take so you could see Almost, you can see the gears turning. As it goes. <laughs> so I,
2: I've already prepped the page for this episode for tomorrow. And I found a picture of, I don't know if it's a promo still, but it's a picture of Ace holding that cat. And it is uh-huh. cross-eyed and its teeth are not real. <laughs> it looks bonkers up close. I love it. I want this cat to be in absolutely everything. <laughs> The Kittling.
0: Yeah, they did shoot it from quite far away, and yet still it looked incredibly fake.
2: And every now and then they replace it with a real cat for the shots where it's like, (laughs) I'm I'm just going to throw a cat onto the roof of this car or whatever it is. I was like, oh, nice. Yeah.
1: I feel like there was one shot where it was like running into a bush or something, I don't know, where it felt like they had done a little, making it look like time dilation or something where it was like leaving a little ghost trail of itself, just like half a second behind it. Did, did is this you the one where inexplicably
2: like there's an old lady looking out her window going, Get out of my back garden, you, you beast. Possibly?
1: Unless that's when that's another cat. Them. That's running away. Yeah, Sorry? I don't know. Yeah, I think it might the doctor part is of that the
2: beast in that scenario. No, different, different lady, different cat. Back garden oh, or front okay. garden.
0: Right, right, right. A,
2: yeah, it just seemed odd. I thought that that cat um, was having some sort of interaction with either another cat, or it was killing someone, or whatever it was. I don't think we find out, and I was probably wrong. It's probably just, like, hanging out, having a poo in her garden or something, and that's it. It wasn't even part of the production. It just wandered in. It was, like, B-roll. So Okay, so every now and then we see inside of that cat inside of that kitling and right, quote unquote inside, like inside its mind or whatever. And we see what we later on find out is the master with his, his glowing eyes and everything. Did you guys suspect that it was the master?
1: Oh, I 100% knew. I think, well, I already That's... knew this was a master serial. And then... Oh, did you?
2: Oh, well done. I had no idea. Yeah, I also did not suspect it here.
1: Oh no, okay. So when the curtain is revealed in the tent, you were like, oh my god, the master.
2: Yeah. As a tent pole, it was great. It, it, was, <laughs> it was a perfectly successful cliffhanger reveal for me. Right.
1: Nice. Yeah, great. So before that, we had a voice. Like you say, you see someone looking at Kitty Vision, and mm-hmm. there is some speech. So who did you think that was at that point? Did, were you getting an inkling for who it could be, or just. I,
2: I, I thought, oh, this is the. King of the Cat People. At this point, I didn't even know they were cheaters. I knew that there were going to be Cat People in this one. That's the only thing. As in, I uh, knew yeah. that there was going to be a serial with Cat People, and I didn't know which one it was going to be, but we hadn't had it yet, so I figured. Of
0: course, you'd have an inkling king. It was the Kitling King. The Kitling King. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice.
0: I thought it could equally have been just some rando new baddie. Exactly. He didn't say anything particularly mastery. Of course, he was controlling it, but nothing gave him away.
2: How does he control it? So he's he's controlling something on a different planet. Presumably, he's the one who's sending them to Peribale and to Earth, right? Like, There's no reason... We don't find out that there's been a link between Earth and this planet from before, right? So the master is the one who's no. sending
1: them to Earth, presumably. Yeah, I think that's the only explanation, yeah.
2: So how... Can can he how is he how is how is he i'm
1: I'm gonna stop you right there and just (laughs) like we don't do this that often but i'm just gonna play the it's doctor who and this is telepathy yeah the rules are very open
3: (laughs)
2: absolutely makes sense yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) Okay, well, That allows me to
0: segue perhaps uh-huh. to how I thought the rules of the planet were very open. It reminded me of a Star Trek original series episode where you rock up on a planet and nothing makes any sense because the planet is evil or there's something about it it's got a weird aura, whatever it interacts with its species in a different way and you just have to accept it and those are the rules and that's it for the week and it doesn't bear any relation to our physics or the wider universe. Not at
2: all, no. It's almost like a, kind of a Planet of the Apes vibe where mm. everything is so socially everything makes sense because you can see the internal hierarchy between the things that don't make sense. Like in this case, the master and the cat people or the cheetah people All right, no, I get it. There is a social hierarchy. One person is in charge, he gets the big tent. And (laughs) at some point, someone built a plinth for these cats to hang out and eat, I don't know, fitness trainers on or something.
0: Yeah, and depending on how cranky they are with each other, is. What powers the volcano over there?
2: It makes absolutely no sense, but that's where we are right now. And because it makes sense to them, we just kind of have to, we're forced to accept it.
0: Yeah, I I like the
2: TOS reference. That's a very, it's a similar vibe, definitely.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed the sort of creative freedom it affords.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's complete bollocks, but I enjoyed it. So are the Cheetah people the former inhabitants of the planet? Are they the ones who built the ruined city, for example? So when Kara turns back into more humanoid Kara, more Mm -hmm. human, Kara, is that what Kara was before the planets turned her into a cheetah oh because you know how the master yes around the ruins and he's like oh the people who lived here they thought that they could control the whatever blah 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 yes so yeah maybe maybe that's something
1: yeah that bit i was a little unclear of because it was just it was just that one little interaction where they try and explain anything about previous people and then they give up on that concept entirely Um, Yeah, I I didn't retain a lot of information there, nor make that many notes. So I don't know if it's clear if the cheetah people had any relation to that. I kind of got the feeling they didn't because the master was sort of saying they failed. And I thought they were controlling the cheetah people as well. I don't know.
2: Well, the thing that stands out as odd to me in that case is that Kara is not sort of naturally a cheetah. That when she dies, she suddenly changes shape, changes shape entirely, and turns into what, for all intents and purposes, is a human. Or at least she looks human.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought she might have just come from anywhere. Like she could have been snatched by kitling. But actually, I found the transcript. I think you might be right. Oh, it, like the thing that the Master says, which I think is very clear, is this: this place bewitches you. So if you stay there, you become a cheater person. That's very well established right. in this serial. Okay, Um, But he says, if we stay, we'll be like the people who built these things. And I think there is the implication that the Cheetah people, or some of them at least, are the original people that were building those totems and tried to control the planet. So I thought he was saying they were controlling the cheetah people but it was just the planet and then the planet kind of rebelled and said haha you're all cheaters now
2: yeah it's like the planet is a cheetah and it's gradually if you tap into its energy or whatever then it's almost as though you get infected by it and you are also gradually turned into a cheetah indeed
0: it only yeah. led to that corruption <laughs> <laughs> the voice work oh my god so the full name of these of this species to answer your question from the beginning is yeah. the cheatered people really no I but like, oh my god vindicated but, but that's no, exactly what they are they are cheatered people yeah.
2: yeah yeah
1: true so i think yeah. it's a little unclear who is there now but i think the course of events must be a group of people, we don't know who, humanoid of, of some description probably, came to this planet, for some reason wanted wanted its power, it looked cool and shiny, who knows. Yeah. They were trying to take it over. They trained up these kitlings to help them do stuff. They all turned into cheat people. Kitlings start bringing people to the planet, so now it's unclear whether they're the original people or they're just people that the kitlings have brought, I guess. Right.
0: We're having to reconstruct this after the event. None of it is very clear. I don't think that's welcome necessarily- to the classics.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I don't think it's necessarily to the serial's detriment. But I think they just like enjoy it first, ask questions later, and if you're really that pedantic, well, we'll provide you with half an answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Hey, it's better than no answer at all. Yeah. 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 Okay, I've got a further question on, on this, where which might help elucidate us or not. It might just muddy the water. Okay. So you remember when it might? I don't know if it's. I think it is Midge actually stabs a cheetah person to death. Very much Midge. Midge. He does that. He then heads back and goes, yeah, here's my fang that I used to stab this thing with, or a rib, or whatever it is, and uh, it's a little bloody. Yeah, I did that. No biggie. I'm a murderer now. He (laughs) doesn't say, as I stabbed it, it turned back into a human. So, possibly, it didn't. When Kara turns back into a human, I don't mean to be racist. Yeah, I'm just going to say human. On Earth. At the end, Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah Mm. at the end does that mean that the planet has been destroyed and therefore no longer has a hold on her because the planet is exploding so could it be that the reason she turns back into human kara is that there is no longer like where the master is has blown up
1: i mean Drew, drew was hinting at a thing there which i sort of agreed with that kara possibly turns because she's not on the cheetah planet anymore because she is a human oh like she dies she on Both Earth.
2: interpretations are possible
1: yeah oh i see yeah
2: yeah i suppose that is yeah that's possible so if she had I died on like... the cheetah planet she would have remained a cheetah
1: yeah perhaps now I well i cheetah. think there are ah, yeah very good oh, i God. feel like there are a few things that are a bit unfortunate with the setup that we just can't really ever know so midge obviously stabs the cheetah person and then is just wanders off may not have ever seen a transformation oh that's true. possible as he's walking away the
2: cheetah's t- turning back into a human kind of, oh midge look at me i want someone to see me as a human but <laughs> but midge doesn't care or yeah. is listening to some bebop yeah
1: and then it's the fact that this affordable. is the last ever classic doctor who like if they had brought it back perhaps they wouldn't have killed off the master and you would know yeah. for a fact that his planet didn't explode at that point but because we know it was just left at here, we don't know if their intention was for the master to be killed at this point or not. Because if he was yeah, on that planet, it, presumably it he very was very unlike. Oh, sorry. I just mean if he was on the planet, presumably he's dead.
0: Isn't that the case at the end of every master serial these days, though? Well we always yeah. think he's dead or she's yeah. dead.
2: Not in the beginning. In the beginning he always got away, which I preferred. But yeah. but yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's he's presumed dead and then he always comes back. Yeah. I think I think it's very unlikely that they would ever have considered getting rid of the master. Yeah.
0: And when they shot this, they didn't know it was the last one, did they? They thought they were gonna go ahead with series twenty seven, pretty sharpish.
2: Presumably. They did, They knew before uh, I, it launched, before it aired, that it had been cancelled. And is
0: that why you have the little epilogue at the end?
2: Yeah, which was 80-odd. That was that was done as voiceover afterwards when they knew that it was over. So they specifically wrote a final line for the show. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. See, that's what got me. That's the only thing that got me. And then they were walking off, not into the sunset, but into, like, shrubbery? What? Where are you going?
0: <laughs> Wherever the TARDIS is parked.
2: Yeah, I suppose... <laughs>
0: So the park's a little overgrown. Take it up with the London (laughs) Council.
2: I will. You just watch me. I'm going to write a very stern email after this. To
0: 1989.
2: Absolutely. Yes. I'm going to find out who was the council person at that point. Anyway, I've got more questions about the cheetah people. Let's say, for argument's sake, the cheetah people are just cheetah people. Like, they're not even... They're not humans. They're just... Or whatever that's been turned into a cheetah. They were just cheetah people. Because that is another possibility. Humanoid felines. They don't seem particularly in... uh, intelligent as such. They're cats. They can speak, which is great. But yeah, they're cats. They just they eat and chase and that's sort of what they do. Did the master make clothes for them? Where did the horses come from? Who made the saddles? <laughs> Etc.
1: Where do the horses come from?
2: <laughs> where do the horses come from? I mean, Not from Perivale, because there's never been a horse in Perivale apparently. It's mad.
0: Well the Kitlings can go to any number of planets where horses may have independently
2: evolved. <laughs> so so there are moments where the master goes, hmm, these these cheetah people, they're not mobile enough. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The problem with these cheats is they're not fast enough. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Salem, buddy, come on. <laughs> I'm going to send you off to a stable <laughs> where you can then transport, teletransport a bunch of horses over here. So in the morning, there's a stable owner, go- opens the stable doors to go to work and realizes it's completely empty, thinks he's been robbed but actually all those horses have been stolen away and kidnapped to the cheetah planet. Kind of. They're not indigenous to the thing is what I'm trying to say. Presumably yeah. not. I, th-
0: I think you're, I think you're being rather harsh and classist on Perivale here. How do you know there isn't
2: a symbol stable or paddock in the. Ace says so. Does when? She- yes. That's the only reason I bring it up because it is such a mad comment to make <laughs> when they're walking around, they're up on the hill where she's like, Oh no, this is up at the hill where all my friends were. We would just hang out. We would loiter. Oh, yeah. There would be dogging. They be like, it was great. We would have drinks. And uh, now it's just Chris packets or something like that. She says, and doc goes, yeah, Chris packets and horses have been here. And he touches a horseshoe imprint and she's Mm. her instant reaction is you are a head case there has never ever been a horse in perivale like you are wrong she doesn't even look at the ground she doesn't look at the clear horseshoe imprint she just goes you are wrong yeah and because we I love it by the we way. tend to congregate <laughs> on
0: the highest vantage points in the entire perivale district we can state categorically that there is nowhere
2: where a horse might reside yeah does it categorically is that what you said yes, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> okay Alright, okay, here's another... Oh, no, okay, no, wait, hang on, now I'm getting upset. Right, so, <laughs> cheetah person on a horse scenes. We have a few of these cheetah person on a horse scenes, right? A couple on the cheetah planet, great, let's put a pin in that. We can have some
0: I... on a horse, what's wrong with cheetah people on a horse?
2: Nothing's wrong with that. Ace being chased by a cheetah person on a horse. Is her thinking, horses can't go on slip and slides, so that's... How I'm going to elude it. Am I the only one who was thinking, why is she climbing onto every child obstacle? Uh, She's on a slide. I'm going to go up the slide. I'm going to go on the slide. I'm going to go back up the slide. Why are you doing that? Just run.
1: (laughs) No, I got her logic of, I'm going to pause under a thing that the horse obviously can't get into. (laughs) Yeah. Because yeah. there's no there's no kind of being thrown having spears thrown at you or arrows shooting past you. It's just the threat of a horse looming over you and the cheetah person getting off to then attack you. So she just stays there long enough to like kind of work yeah, out where before else to run. Yeah.
2: She goes into Yeah, I know exactly the structure of your thing here. Before she goes in there though, she climbs up a slip and slide. <laughs> slides yeah. down the slip and slide and then climbs
1: up. Yeah, and that bit's the slip and a, bit and a bit ridiculous. And, and yeah. down
2: that slip and slide. <laughs> Like, what? This isn't a military obstacle course. You are allowed to go around that slip and slide. <laughs> anyway.
0: I think it makes perfect sense. She's doing the last thing the hunter or huntress will expect, and were she to set off at top speed across an open stretch, that would be the dumbest possible thing she could have attempted.
2: Yeah, I sound upset, and I said that I was upset, but that was a blatant lie. I did love it. So, <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: Can I question something Please. about these cheater people on horseback, though? Because yes. we get a POV of said cheetah horseback riding and Uh it's before we know what is happening and i honest to god thought this has to be something that can fly the way it happened i thought the cat started flying or something weird was happening and then even after we know that it's a cheetah person on horseback i just i really feel like that camera was way too high for someone on Mm, horseback that is probably true. yeah yeah. it's been a while since i've ridden a horse and i was probably a child (laughs) (laughs) The last time I rode a horse, the perspective may have been quite different. But, well, yeah. not I mean, only would
0: you on be taller, more. Jim, but you would be riding a bigger horse. So...
2: Yeah,
1: yeah all right, yeah, maybe. Uh,
2: okay, how, how about the fact that no one notices that this is happening? So if this oh, was something that's <laughs> flying, then you could maybe at least make the argument that it isn't touching the ground, it isn't making any noise, there aren't any loud steps or anything like that. So something's flying, attacking it, teletransporting it away from there.
0: Yeah, and also the people who are running from it in terror are silent.
2: They're... Co- All of them. Every single one is completely silent. You're so right. But no one's looking out the window. If Doc is in someone's front garden, just shoveling cat food onto the pavement, grannies hear it. But if a giant (laughs) cheetah person on a horse gallops down the street, no one looks outside the window. See, also fear her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Which this episode reminded me quite a lot of. Oh yeah? yeah, any any other parallels? Equality of narrative?
0: Well, just just the kids all disappearing and the old people being completely. Oh, no, that's non-plussed. true. yeah. Yeah. Perryville has no police. In there were a lot of riots in the eighties. They were busy beating up minors and things. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 that's true. And also black districts. But yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, <sighs> okay. <laughs> Same old Matt. Someone else ask a question. I'm scouring my notes over here. Uh,
1: Sergeant Patterson.
2: Yes! Oh, yes! Oh my god, Rex Kwon right. Doe. I love that guy.
1: Let me form it in the shape of a question. Sergeant Patterson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your beef, man? He's <laughs> What? I
2: actually kind of like. him. Is he him. an actual sergeant, or did he go to an army surplus store? Is he <laughs> mad? Should he be allowed near youths? Why, like, does he have a license to practice martial arts classes, etc.? Yeah.
0: Isn't he in the TA, so
2: he's about as official as Mike from space. No, yes, no.
1: Mm. I, Sorry,
0: I talked I, over five answers from Jim. Was that yes, no, no, yes, no?
2: I've forgotten, the the order of questions.
1: Oh, I have no idea. Oh, that was just a joke. I assumed he was a real sergeant, but then that doesn't make sense, because you can't just walk around in your army gear if you're not doing army stuff. Yeah, and most, most people
2: who do walk around in their army gear and are sort of on official business... Right? <laughs> They don't then have to step outside the gym and unlock their BMX. Like the, the, That guy, <laughs> the, the, when he did that, what fragment of confidence I had in his abilities just evaporated. What a guy, though. What a chap. It's Does funny how you... Not really.
1: No, he doesn't. It's funny how you noted that as well, because I saw that scene as well It's just like... Is this this weird? Why am I watching someone unlock a bike? It's a perfectly normal activity, but is it weird just because we never get shown this in TV? Normally, it's just the bike is conveniently not locked up or they cut away and they cycle off. But watching someone unlock a bike, I was just like... This just feels really odd. I think, this is we so only, I think we do get to see it
2: now and then, but we only get to see children do it. We get to see uh, children maybe. do it as they cycle back home from school or something to that effect. Some activity that only children do, not adults who are authoritarian military figures.
0: But it's also like seeing Jack Bauer or James Bond go to the toilet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah why,
0: that's true. Why would you waste Cineril on that? <laughs>
2: Yes, that is true. But then how many times have you seen Jack Bauer or James Bond on a BMX? (laughs) <laughs> like, already a pre-unlocked BMX. What if what if Bagels, in one of his scenes, oh, wow. tells Benton, Yates, or anyone, there's some sort of alien invasion going on around the corner, take three traps and head over there, and then Benton gets on a squeaky BMX and cycles out of frame. Yeah. Would you not and just Yates go,
0: follows on a space hopper. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. You would have zero, zero confidence in their abilities.
0: <laughs> and then the Grand Serpent is on a pogo stick behind them. <laughs>
1: You say that, though, I could 100% picture Bagels being part of the middle-aged man in Lycra club. Like He wouldn't just hop on the BMX, though. He'd be fully doled up. Have all of the gear, shebang, a you know, kick-ass racing bike.
2: Tassels just... on the steering... Yeah. What's it called? I was going to call it a steering wheel there for a second, but you know what I mean. Handlebars. Tassels
0: someone else in the unit. Oh, it should be. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> tassels. Also, BMX, <laughs> Space Hopper, and Pogo Stick. That's the rock, paper, scissors of classic Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, also Ace's <Asian laughs> friends. <laughs> also, yes, that's <you're> so right. <laughs> What did did you guys think of Ace's friends and the guy she's never met before in the forest?
1: My takeaway is, dear God, Ace, get some actual friends. These are all (laughs) assholes.
2: Well, that's something that's that's missing here. They recognize her. She clearly recognizes them. She asked about a whole bunch of friends. When she meets that one slightly odd woman outside the shop who's doing the anti-hunting, whatever, which, by the way, never gets picked up. But when she meets her, she asks about a whole bunch of friends. So she clearly has had a relationship with them of some sort but then we don't know if that comes to fruition. Now she is reunited with them, at least the ones who have survived this ordeal. What what happens there? Can you see them having a friendship?
0: Well, no, because at no. the end she says, let's go home Doc, and by home she means the TARDIS. Yeah. She, in coming back to Perivale, has in no way rekindled her connection with the place.
2: Yeah. That was missing for me. Similarly, oh. when she talks to that, that woman, I can't remember her name now, the anti-hunting not activist, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. That woman. She asks ace you're back are you here to see your family are you going to see your family and we also get a comment a similar-ish comment from the drill instructor rex quando who's like oh actually i feel really bad for all the parents they must be worried sick about you you were a missing persons were you not i recognize you oh but yeah she doesn't go and see her parents in this serial she just has her adventure and then she leaves is that not is that not odd? Am I the only one who thinks that's I,
1: I think there are two things here. So one is Drew, you may not be aware of this because it only came up in like two serials. Ace absolutely hates her mum. And yeah. we don't uh-huh. know why, but like to the point where it was almost like her having therapy one one episode, and the oh. trauma of her hating her mum came out in the serial. And mm. I can understand oh. why she doesn't want to go back.
2: That, yeah but is that what you can yeah. say what's the second thing we might be thinking at the same well shape. the second
1: thing is 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 a second thing that what i would add to this is like doc was acting as the therapist during that and like he should be pushing her to go see her mum. yeah in this series, there's
2: another but
1: yeah. okay and that is always a level
2: i'm sorry this is a spoiler for curse of fendrick mm-hmm. but in curse of fendrick she meets her grandmother and her mother her mother as a baby Oh. And she suddenly reevaluates that relationship because she cares a great deal for this baby. Oh. And then afterwards realizes oh my goodness, that baby was my mother. And that, in a sense, although it isn't necessarily verbalized in the serial, that's her overcoming, or could be her overcoming that hatred that she has for her mother. She's Because she's clearly capable of feeling love for her, hmm. at least when she doesn't know that she's her mother.
0: Yeah, or a chink appearing in her defensive armor.
2: Yeah, and yeah. given that this is airing, at the very least it's airing after the episode in which we learned that, as opposed to produced after it's been, whatever. Yeah, so it's airing after we've learned that. Seems like now it would be a great time to go and visit the place where she sent that baby, so that that baby can have grown up to be her mum, and yada yada. yada.
1: It, it is, Because otherwise, a why set that up? Yeah, it's an unfortunate thing with the classic era, where they didn't really do arcs, they didn't do a continuation of something apart from the odd intentional thing where the entire series is an arc or something like that. Because this, there is a thread of Ace's character development through multiple serials in this season. But because they film them out of order, they released them out of order, you can't ever have it as a proper development. And that's what we're left with. We're left with a serial that says, you hate your mom. The next serial is saying, oh, I really love this baby. Oh, this baby's my mom. Oh my God, maybe I don't hate my mom. Then an opportunity to meet her mom. She doesn't do it. She doesn't meet her mum, yeah. It just
2: doesn't come up at all. At all. No, not at all. But it's odd that it is hinted at by other people besides Dauphiné's. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I feel like I was expecting, I was absolutely expecting at some point in this episode for her to at least want to see her family, see the house where she got time-stormed, whatever it was, time-tornadoed across space.
0: Yeah, to answer your original question of, are you the only one who thought this was weird... I reckon RTD probably thought it was weird, and that's why we had Jackie Tyler be a much yes. more developed maternal figure Ooh, in that way. Rose intense. has a much that's more so three-dimensional good, yeah. of, yes, I'm away, and yes, I do love you, but I do
2: prefer
0: to be away, but it's not all black and white, and yeah. you get the drama there, rather than she's just off-screen and what's happening. We've no idea.
2: Yeah, you're so right. Absolutely. I think oh, that RTD the- could have written this. Yeah, So I
1: think that's what they're probably trying to get across in this. Like the whole ending for Ace, obviously, wasn't meant to be an ending. I believe Sophie Aldred was contracted to go midway through the next season, if there was a next season. So this wasn't right. ever meant to be an ending for Ace. But given that it is the end of the season and it, a lot of stuff is related, like yeah, it would have been nice to have. Oh, sorry. But what they're trying to do is like say she doesn't feel like Harivell's home anymore. She's she's gone from that era like she was whisked out of there out of her own accord but really didn't have a desire to go back like when we first meet her she's in this cafe cafe in the middle of a space station or something i forget exactly and yeah she's very happy that she's not on earth anymore earth was boring and she's living a life traveling spends however many years it's been with the doctor and now gets a pang of homesickness goes there and realizes no i don't need to be here like that's at least what they're trying to wrap up, but it's just the important strands of that aren't properly dealt with, which is a bit Yeah, betrayed. she doesn't
0: ask her friends, is Thatcher still in government?
2: <laughs> yes. All right, I'll All right, give yeah. it another few years. I'm out of here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold that pause, I'm just going to nip away for a few years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me know when you've managed to stop hunting.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that was my second thing, was, was the friends aspect. And I think the thing that they missed there, as as someone does. I've, moved countries as as has yourself, Leon. But yeah. everyone is not like all three of us, we are not where we grew up exactly. Like that we have a place to go back to where we went to school, for example. And there will be people there that didn't leave. They're still at the place that they went to school. And it was always a different experience going back to that place. But it's not like she called these people her friends. She was taken out of there involuntarily. She had a friendship group, as best as we can tell. Yeah. And I feel like even as someone who leaves a place and then goes back and the people that are left weren't necessarily your friends. They're just people that are there and you say hello to them they're more acquaintances, I would have a better reaction and relationship with people like that than she had with people that she claims are her real friends. Uh, great. If you see what I mean. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, but you didn't leave the planet and go to a space station because you were that ambivalent about them. I liked the fact that some of the friends were kind of cordial and then there was Midge who was utterly anti-ace and super cynical and nihilistic and just like, oh, yeah, of course, you'll sort us all out, because that's exactly what she kept trying to do in the original Perivale setup, always trying to take charge, always acting like she knew better than Midge. Well, who's holding a giant fang now? (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) What I'm saying is I liked how sort of, while it was a very sketchy introduction to all these people, there were different calibrations, different levels. Like I did get a sense of a little community that Ace had left behind. Yeah. Whereas with Rose, who I've already brought up, we only get Mickey, Ricky and her man.
2: That's also incredibly true. That's, that's a failing in the early RTD era, I guess. Yeah, yeah you're I mean, right. You, you, you can't
0: have both. You mm. can have one or the other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait. I see your Rose. I raise you Clara. Clara <laughs> had a family. And even though we didn't meet, and, and she has a boyfriend, and although we don't meet her friends, we know that she has friends, she's always off having just a social life. And whenever she's not with a doctor, she's super busy having a social life, a very active social life. So it's mm. possible. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. yeah. But I see Moffat what you're finally learned from everybody's mistakes. No. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Hmm. Wait, is there anything else to say about her friends here?
1: Not really. I'm not quite sure why, why uh-huh. we had a Derek. I guess we had a Derek so Derek could be attacked. Which one was Derek? <laughs> he, was, he was the one that wasn't the friend.
2: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Which I think is a nice touch because she's been away for several years. Yeah, yeah they met other people. That's,
1: that's great. I guess, yeah. A stand-in for the passage of time.
2: <laughs> Things yeah, move exactly.
1: on. You're not here anymore. We had to replace you.
2: They were all incredibly forgettable. Except there oh, was God, there yeah. was one I can't remember her name now. There was there was a woman among them in the. <laughs> they were all ex-
0: they were all incredibly forgettable except the one whose name I can't yeah. remember.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that was unintentional, by the way. <laughs> I basically just shot myself in the foot there. Yeah, but she got to do things that were interesting, and it seemed as though they trusted each other. They had a rapport from before Ace left. She's the one who shows up at the very beginning, saves Ace's life. Essentially, goes, "Don't run." They always hunt the ones who run.
0: She's the one on the other end of the tripwire. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
2: She's the only one who trusts Ace to do the thing that uh, Midge Buchanan then chastises her for.
3: Like,
1: so I think yeah. this is Shreela. Is going to save the day. Yes. Sorry. This is Shreela. Yeah. Shreela. I think she's yeah. she's the closest thing to an actual friend. Like they seem to have. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Some kind of relationship representative yeah. you know of people would have been that nice? knew each other and spent time together. <laughs>
2: yeah, I totally agree. Do you know what would have been nice? Maybe at the end, when they've saved the day, maybe, yeah, uh, maybe Shrela could also be there. Maybe, maybe they could look at each other and go, you know what, let's try to... Let's be better friends. Let's stay in touch this time.
3: Stay
2: in touch. <laughs> Anything. Do the standard yeah. thing that you do when you say goodbye to people you know that you're not gonna be in touch with. Just go, absolutely, yeah, we're gonna stay in touch this time. We're gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah. send you a letter every week. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, since you saved my life and got me off that planet.
2: Yes. <laughs> now you know yeah. that there are aliens and you know that I know that there are aliens. We've got something in common now. Maybe we should be chums. Wait, what? Yeah, what is Sarah that thing? Exploded.
1: Is it Derek that says it when Doc has a go at the Sarge for not saying thank you? Oh, um, yeah. Thanks for getting forgive. me off that planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that Derek? God, he's so forgettable.
0: I love that moment.
1: Yeah, it's a nice moment. And then he runs off. Thanks, Ace. Thanks, Doctor. It's Thanks for saving my life and getting me back home. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and even that confronting Sarge with his absolute denial he just, his eyes goggle and he's like, no, oh, oh, it's still too thick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, actually, that scene, there's a weird kind of homophobic undertone to the because for some reason, oh, really? him and oh, really? Derek come through the teleportation holding hands. Um, oh, yes. I and about he that. says, yeah, you're right. Oh, what are you doing? Like, what's your game or something like
2: that? Yeah. Oh, I blacked out. Uh, no, I don't like this. W- whatever's going on. Yeah, you're right. That's. And
1: yeah. then. So the other thing, there's a bit of trivia here, Kara, the cheater person that obviously comes and saves Ace, like the one, that I think this is the only cheater person we actually hear talk as well, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yes. So the writer, Rona Munro, apparently, so there's two parts to this, but I'll say the second part first because it's the more pertinent to what I'm actually currently saying. Apparently, there was meant to be like a lesbian subtext there between Kara and Ace. Yes, indeed. Mm. Which I don't get. Like a bisexual subtext, fine. Because we've seen Ace flirting left, right, and center with guys. Like, she's. Yeah, but I think that's the problem. We've what seen how mean? shit she is at flirting with anyone.
2: Like, at this point, <laughs> it is not believable. Every single time that she was with. I'm so sorry. I don't want to steal your point here, but every single time that she was on screen with Kara, and I'd also read that bit of trivia before I saw that thing with Kara. <sighs> so I was expecting it. All I could hear was her going, You have to be faster than the speed of time, faster than the second hand on the watch. You know, that horrible <laughs> full flirting. Again, oh Curse of Fendrick, the worst flirting ever. Oh, right. Those are actual from, yeah. quotes of her flirting, of her being like sexually provocative. You have to be faster than the second hand on a watch.
3: Right, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> I just don't get off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this, these vibrators, they need nine volt batteries. I was gonna say, <laughs> nothing yeah. less
2: will do.
1: I don't have batteries from my vibrator anymore. You've got to be fast. Anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is pre-USB chargers. So, uh, yeah, you're right. So there was meant to be, or at least she intended in the script for there to be some sort of romantic tension or sexual tension between those two characters.
1: Yeah. Was that stripped I from didn't... the script? Because I don't feel like they... I didn't pick up on it. All well, so this is the first part of the trivia the writer was very upset with the fact that these were put into full cheetah costumes. She wanted them just to have like a hint of cheetah like around the eyes and I think the big canine teeth. Like it being more of a metamorphosis, I suppose, rather than a full transformation. And part of the reason why she didn't like the fact that they were put into these having big masks, I think in particular, is that a lot of the nuances of the acting was lost. Like apparently these... Cheetah people, Kara in particular, were obviously reacting facially to lots of stuff that was happening, and it's all just lost. So, perhaps yeah. if we'd seen Kara There have been and some seductive Ace, looks between them. Yeah, they might have been giving a little wink, a little cheeky grin, who knows? <laughs> a little cheeky grin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, batting yeah. eyelids, tongue curls, tongues in ear.
2: Yeah? well,
1: That thing, I Jerry didn't... Stem. <laughs> yes, of course.
0: The old go-to. Because... There was the exotic allure of, oh, feel like an animal, you know, get that feline feeling. Yeah, they would have had to really dial that up to have it be a variant reading on a par with the, just the wildness factor, right?
2: Yeah, that scene where they're running in slow motion could have been made a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah, ex- yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just being being a sheeple normie, right? No, no, absolutely. <laughs> okay. not. Yeah, well. Hmm. It is a shame that we. The thing is, I really like these costumes. I think they look fantastic.
0: And coming off the back of the Flux series, where yeah. we had the Carvin Easter. Yes. More mm. than one.
2: More than one. You're so right.
0: Way more than one. There's a whole half a dozen at least.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I may have done a good. quick Google search. You can buy these. <laughs> <laughs> so what? You can you can buy these props. Specifically, actually, the way that I came across this was, so to speak, was I, I was looking for the uh, entirely separate Google searches. No, I was looking for the uh, the claw prop when they've put that rope or that string, whatever, across the oh yeah the yeah. road. The grottomatic. To, yeah. Exactly, yes. Exactly. And we get to see the close up of claws coming out of the hand. I just I wanted a screenshot of it really, mm. and I found that prop, and that just, just set me off on a tangent. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Right. So I like those <laughs> outfits. I really do like those outfits. But it is a shame that they hampered the the acting range, the emotional range of the acting. Because I think in addition to that, it also took something away from the direction. Because I think otherwise they would have steered these actors in entirely different directions. They would have cut that differently. They would have had more time spent on the beaches. They would have had more slow motion running, there would have been a more emphasis perhaps on their farewell, yada yada yada. At the end, when Kara is turned into a full human, there's no excuse for there not being a cheeky wink between them. But I don't feel like there was one.
1: They're I just mean, she's, sisters she's dying, One of them L- dying, dude. A little bit of an excuse yeah. there. <laughs>
2: No, oh. but if she's dying and there's been romantic tension between them, or someone trying giving me the kiss of life just in case. Well, surely that's the time to say like, "Oh, I, I really care about you." I've, I've you've made an impression on me that none of the other cheetahs I've ever met in my entire life have ever made. You matter to me, and I'm glad that you're here as in my final moment. Something to lend another dimension to that scene, It might just be me, but either way.
1: No, I mean, the author described it as subtext. Maybe it's exactly as it was planned, or maybe it got massively watered down who knows
3: yeah
0: there was the odd moment where i did wonder during the watch yeah without knowing any of this trivia stuff i wonder if that's maybe what they're going for there may have been a lingering shot the slow motion bit perhaps was heavy-handed enough for me to be like hmm oh yeah they're really they're really lingering on this (laughs) yeah do you remember when you used to feel like you could just run forever no no what that wasn't part of your childhood (laughs) I used no, to run I've... everywhere all the time. It was great. And then I peaked. Ugh. And now every time I run, I get out of breath. And my body's like, you peaked? you left this behind decades ago. What the hell are you doing?
2: <laughs> I do remember <laughs> doing a lot of running when I was a kid. Yes, that is true. But yeah. now I, I try to avoid it as much as I can.
1: Really?
0: It's just <laughs> quite evocative. I liked the writing at that point. I was into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cheesy as a quattro formaggio, but <laughs> still.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Can I take us on a different cheesy tangent? Oh, you're joking. You have a cheese segue. Well, in terms of things, oh, what are cheesy? <laughs> right. <laughs> Midge's outfit, in in fact, Midge's entire <sighs> transformation, oh, when he's yeah. back on Earth in Perivale with the Master, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get a motorbike. Can't pay for it. I'm going to get a motorbike. I'm going to get two motorbikes for some reason. I don't know where that second motorbike came from, but yeah, I'm going to get motorbikes. And then he shows up wearing a suit with leather or pleather sleeves.
0: <laughs> yeah. If the Terminator were played by Rick Astley.
2: Yes. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I just described that's, him as a low rent 80s baddie.
2: Yeah, like, In fact, everything about these motorbikes is also so... The fact that there are motorbikes is 80s. How yeah. do you feel about their whole army setup at the end? He's sort of the general of sorts. Well, I mean, is this
1: further proof of the patheticness of the master in this serial? The best he can do with the... Like, he's got someone under his control. There's now two of them and rather than just him. They could get yeah. five guys from a self-defense class. Mm. Woo, what an yeah. army. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He doesn't even try to recruit anyone else. Why would no. you? You've got five kids. That's, what, that's <laughs> all you need, right? And two motorbikes. Seriously, where is that second motorbike from? Like, who? how did Doc have a motorbike? Hmm. When they have that, like, motorbike jousting scene.
0: Oh, yeah. And the Doc, unseen, flies through the air,
2: over the hill, and lands on some Yeah, on a convenient sofa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we're on a hill out in nature. Yeah, there's a sofa here. But it's (laughs)
3: Perivale.
2: Of course. Yeah. That's what we did on this hill. Yeah, you're not going to land on a horse. Of course not. Not in (laughs) Perivale,
1: let me tell you.
0: (laughs) Was that Sylvester McCoy riding the horses, by the way? Because
2: he did a good job, eh? I thought so. Yeah. Especially for a little guy.
1: Okay, uh, just a very quick question. Is Midge and the Self Defenses a good band name? What kind of music would they play? I think. And yes. Probably. Probably. Post punk by the look of him. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Post punk. I was thinking more like kind of. Eighty seventh maybe. All, all of them have same. big shoulders yeah.
3: and
2: sunglasses indoors.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But that bike crash. Okay, but we just moved away from these bikes. Oh yeah. Can yeah. we just can we stay on the fact they have a head first bike crash with a humongous yeah. explosion that they both walk yes. away from? <laughs>
2: Well, they don't, because Doc lands on a sofa, so he survives, but Midge does not land on a sofa, because there's only one sofa on this hill, <laughs> and so he Bad dies. <laughs> but How then,
1: does he die? Uh, does does the master just say, no, don't feel exactly. better, die? Yeah, I think he
2: essentially hypnotizes him to stop breathing, or like just to not yeah, heal.
1: Because, and I'm not sure if you got the real subtext in this serial, you know? it's survival of the fittest yeah Uh, yeah
0: so he was unfittest well i see this is also after the master has brought him back to earth or it was on the planet i can't remember which and at one point he's like you're so weak you're so weak you're basically buggered and then the next time we see him he's like you're strong you've regained all your strength now you can take over a fight club in a nearby youth hall
2: Yeah, that might also just be desperation, because he doesn't have anything else.
0: Yes, but he's weak, and then he's strong, and then he's weak, and then he's dead. I cease to care.
2: Well, my very last, the last bullet point in my introductory questions section of my notes is, how does Survival of the Fittest actually enter into it? That's what they've named this whole serial after. What what about this is Survival of the Fittest? It's
0: the Doctor's final speech, isn't it?
2: Go ahead. Yeah, go for it.
0: Where he transcends that. And it's like, yes, we can smash into each other like motorcycles and let brute force and physics take care of the rest of it and biology and what have you. Or we can be more than mere animals. And that's actually the higher level of fitness that that humanity can aspire to and that the doctor has achieved that the master has lost sight of. I don't know. Does any of that make sense? uh, ish, <laughs> because because uh, it's exemplified by Rex Kondo. Yeah, and he is patently going to meet his end, and he does. And yeah, so sure. he he buys into the philosophy more than anyone,
2: and is undone by it. And if we use survival of the fittest as it pertains to evolution, mm-hmm. the only evolution that we see here is evolution from whatever you are to cheetah person. Right. Right. Does that in any way factor in? Does that enter into it?
0: That makes more sense, biologically speaking, because they are doing that under the influence of a habitat and an ecosystem. That's where survival of the fittest makes sense. I'm not answering your question, but I'm just no, saying on the planet, well, it makes but sense I, but when you can go between habitats and ecosystems. What the doctor says makes sense. So, yeah, well done, Rona Monroe. Jim, what have you got to say?
1: Yeah, I think you're right that there's a sentiment here that, well, we, we don't adhere to survival of fittest anymore because we've taken over with intellect and different rules apply. But there is this thing with the planet and the planet is described as being alive. Correctly or not, and the planet is winning. Like it's the thing that's surviving when people are trying to take control of it and attack it. No one can. It's surviving, and everyone else is failing.
2: Wait, how? Well, in in the sense that it continues to turn people into extensions of itself. Because at the end, that planet explodes.
1: Unclear if it does explode, but yeah, it's it's. Okay. Well, it's in the process of exploding. I don't know. True. I don't know. It I was think. just an observation that there is another entity involved in this.
2: Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Complex, multi-layered. <laughs> yeah, but is it though? <laughs> 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 it's complex in the sense that they've set up a whole bunch of potentially complex things and then none of it really pans out. So I'm not sure. Self-contradictory, inconsistent. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, oh, profound. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't know. What's the name, Rona Munro? The writer. She's yeah. written for New Who as well. We said this, I'm assuming, when we reviewed said episode of New Who, Eaters of Lights. I don't remember liking Eaters of Light. I'm now thinking, <laughs> are there parallels between these two stories? Oh good question because when we reviewed Eaters of Light, we hadn't seen this. Now we've seen both.
1: Is Eaters of Light the thing Vikings? Roman or, Legionnaires or... Yeah, okay.
2: Trapped in some sort of time tunnel.
1: Yeah,
0: with blue daubed Scots playing the same music cue over and over again. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's Scots, yeah, not Vikings.
2: Oof, ma,
1: loof. Uh, And then there's a creature that is blue neony and. <laughs> yes, literally breakthrough like, portal. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I don't recall that being a great episode, no. No.
2: I think it also it was probably hard done by in terms of its production value. The production makes think it's a worse episode than maybe it was on paper
0: yeah they were saving maybe. money for the final two parts or it was stowed away in the arse end of the series as I recall
2: yeah yeah fair
0: which is a shame because Rona Roseman dealt that card twice <laughs>
2: Yeah. I do like that she's handed an opportunity to write something for New Who as well, though, because otherwise a lot of people would go, wow, she killed the show. <laughs> she had the last <laughs> episode. It had sure. already been decided that the show was cancelled, obviously, but she has the last thing and she didn't She didn't know that she was even in a position to, but she therefore didn't write a, a closer. She doesn't write an episode that ends or a serial that ends this, this series. That's interesting. The fact that the BBC then goes, here, here's another chance. We appreciate you. We like what you're doing. You've got good ideas. Great if you had different ones, but here, here, you've got ideas. You know, (laughs) go ahead, write more. We have faith in you. I like that. That's a nice touch.
1: It is. And I'm so intrigued, actually, this works both ways. Because when I saw the titles coming up, watching this, knowing it is the last serial of classic, and I saw the writer name, and I didn't really recognize her. I was like, Wow. How did you know or did you know that you were being the writer for the last ever? Like, you got an honor, basically, to write this. And I didn't, at the time, think about it the other way, as, like, you can be blamed for writing the last one and the show ended. But I think it does work either way, depending on if you're vindictive or, I don't know... (laughs) whether you yeah. like the episode well, or not. Maybe.
2: Almost everyone who was associated with this particular era of Doctor Who is blamed for it. Even Sly McCoy is blamed for it to a degree, mm. even though it's not his fault. Ace, I'm sure, is also blamed for it. Directors, showrunner. I'm sure the yeah.
0: fact that Rona was at the time a fairly rare female writer in the doctor who canon that didn't come into it at all that wouldn't have attracted Uh, any extra opprobrium from angry fans
2: i'm sure not no No, no, nerds are usually really understanding and have a nuanced world view extra tolerant absolutely
0: i'd like to ask about the doctor because the doctor has changed certainly since i saw him in paradise towers no way well he has the odd clownish moment i mean time in the rani was all clown he, he is hanging upside down in a trap he is ass up in a sofa but yeah he's definitely close with ace but it's weird you are definitely or i was i felt like i was invited to regard him with suspicion like there seems to be a kind of
2: distance there it wasn't as chummy oh interesting I haven't thought about it, but I
1: think you're right. I think there's one moment where I 100% felt that. When Ace is basically trying to rescue Kara, who's face down in the water and is still, I think, out of it. And Doc just shows up. I genuinely was thinking this was like a doppelganger, Doc or something. Or the master had somehow hypnotized him. Because he's just like, what the fuck are you doing, Ace? don't ever try and rescue people, they might eat you, these are really dangerous situations, and I don't know, it's just like, there wasn't a hint of empathy or compassion in the Doctor at all at that point. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, that is pretty dark stuff.
2: Also, the whole not being chummy in that particular context, he should be able to see that his chum cares for another being. doesn't even have to be a romantic thing, like it just cares for someone, wants to do something with someone, and then maybe try to encourage or help or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, and it, it's not clear. Well, it wasn't clear to me anyway why he's like that in that moment because I think it is a bit of a standout. I think for the rest of it, he's mostly the seventh doctor. There's a little bit maybe more aloof and not as, as chummy. I think you're probably right there, Drew, than he has been in previous serials, but he's not like malicious or totally uncaring apart from this one scene.
2: Yeah. I think also since then, and this has been kind of a gradual transition, he's you're super right that he was very clownish in the beginning, very slapsticky. I think they've toned that down and then they've cranked up the overacting instead. And we only get one... Well, I only made note of one scene here, and that's the don't move scene. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. Really, uh, yeah. really... He
2: is chewing every little stick of, of scenery. He is,
0: you thought Jody could gesture.
2: Yeah, holy smokes is this guy acting. In his first few episodes, rather than that, he would have just have stumbled and gotten his foot stuck in so- or something, or his umbrella would have been some really silly goofs to him rather he-
1: than Shakespearean mannerisms. He does get that in as well though because he uses umbrella to trip someone up once he he gives oh, up Oh yes you're right hand. yeah he lifts his hands yeah you're oh, right. little sheepish yeah. look yeah. yeah yeah that is true So it's not entirely lost yeah. but yeah I agree with you though I think they've they've moved the dials a little bit and he is much more in just like dramatic mode than goofy mode but it's still there like yeah. the fact he he lands on that sofa and his ass is sticking up in the air like they don't miss a trick yeah, that's true. That is true. That is that is
2: clownish.
0: Did you watch? They did miss a trick. The umbrella wasn't sticking out
2: of it. <laughs> did you watch Ghost Light? Was that one of the ones that you saw? No. Is that the one where he has the most overacting opportunities? Would you say cakes?
1: I'm starting to remember what he was like in that. But... I have oh, a feeling. Uh, that give he's, me some examples.
2: The, whenever he's talking to either the light creature or the Neanderthal Butler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of unnatural posturing and posing and gesticulation that is befitting of a stage. It's not a screen Mm. acting methodology. It is what you do on stage in order for the people in the far back who are half obscured by a pillar to still (laughs) know what kind of emotion you're trying to convey.
0: (laughs) The kind of emotion you can see through a
3: pillar.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. What else we got? I get the reference, but I feel like there's absolutely no way the cast of Cats toured through Perivale. There's Wait, is that said? coming of oh, cats course. Uh, Yes! To the youth centre. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Unless maybe it was saying, I guess they are in Greater London, maybe the thing was saying, coming soon to anywhere but here, where if you are seeing this in Perivale, <laughs> Cats will not be showing here.
0: Head to the West End. Maybe that's where it started when it was off, off,
2: off. Off West. (laughs)
0: They start in zone five and then go in a zone at a time.
2: Yes, yeah, that's very possible. Um, It was a
0: nice nod, though. Yeah, I agree. And
2: actually, I'm being unnecessarily harsh on PeriVel. PeriVel, it looked like it had a nice high street.
1: No, Perivale has seen better days. It's for sure they weren't missing a beat of like how don- downtrodden this part of London is. They were for sale or to let signs on every residential and retail uh, every... property
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true, okay. well, in that case, it's
1: perfectly fine that I wrote Perivale as a dump,
2: but it' a <laughs> nice, nice <laughs> street, though
1: <laughs> I do have one one last point actually around that same scene yes. where Doc is so undock like He is explaining how dangerous the cheetah people are. And he says they could eat you or worse. And Ace obviously says, well, what's worse than that? And his response is, let's just say they are dangerously attractive.
2: Wait, he says that? He
1: does. He does. I I remember that, that, yeah. That's a literal quote. I totally missed that. Oh my God. Wait, what is it?
2: Oh what is he I suggesting mean,
1: there? I don't know if he's suggesting the R word or if he's suggesting you will fall in love with cheetahs or I don't or is or is he I don't understand. Maybe this is him hinting at the fact you can turn into a cheetah, but it's a really weird phrasing. Yeah. The fact that he
2: says dangerously attractive. I totally missed this. Yeah. Makes me think it's more a seduction scenario that he's hinting at. If you're not careful, they'll seduce you. Ugh. Worse than being eaten. Yeah. yeah. What, is is that having... Okay, wait, hang on. Is this another homophobic thing? Is it, what is worse than being eaten? Having lesbian sex? Is that what he's trying to say? Or is it a case of, you yeah. might have sex with a cat person?
0: There's only one worse thing than you being eaten, and that's you both eating each other at the same time. Makes sense to me. <laughs> Double <laughs> the eating. <laughs> Jim, what did you think about Hale and Pace being the shopkeeper? Oh my keepers?
1: god. Yeah, I forgot about that.
2: Who are
1: Hale and Pace? Hale and Pace are a comedy duo from the eighties, probably early nineties as well. Who, yeah, if you ask me from that era, were the funniest thing on the planet. If you ask me now, are nice. uh, probably the worst <laughs> comedians that ever existed. <laughs> are really? I mean, yeah. Was
0: hindsight is twenty twenty three.
2: Was oh, the yeah. bits that they did in the shop was that representative of the kind of comedy that they would normally do? Representative, of the like is kind this of Hale and Pace? Being Hale and Pace?
1: I don't think they are like that, but they would probably play characters in a sketch like that. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah they were sketch comedians. Okay, cool. I quite like that scene.
0: They had a, an easy rapport,
2: didn't they? They were professionals. Did, did it clearly? You both recognised them. So yeah, did, yeah. did it tickle some nerve endings? Some little bit of nostalgia flicker through your minds as you saw this?
0: Well, the thing. I mostly remember Hale and Pace for when Joe Pasquale came up with that song that will get on your nerves get on your nerves get on your nerves they countered with a song called you're never going to get this song out of your head and it's 30 (laughs) years later and it was straight back in there so thanks Hale and Pace oh well done (laughs) certainly effective
1: that was very good I think the only sketch I actually remember from theirs was a nice kind of tweed opening to a Dr. Doolittle series and it would just have a little theme tune going, Dr. Doolittle, he talked to the animals. And then, I forget who it was that was playing, Dr. Doolittle, hail or Place, just says, uh, talk it, talking to a dog. Now say bollocks. Exactly.
0: I think, Jim, that was Harry Enfield.
1: Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Even my... <laughs> And Memory of Hale and Pace is not good. <laughs> but
0: that's that's very apt because I was gonna say that Hale and Pace were the funniest thing until Harry Enfield came along. And so the fact that you yeah. think they had one good sketch and it turns out to be by the guy who superseded them absolutely <laughs> perfect. I've
2: also never seen what? Harry Enfield. What? Yeah oh. Wait. Does he do those scenes of women, know your place? Yes, yes, oh, Mr. Right, Chumley yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I do know those ones.
3: Yeah,
0: I find his Tory boy sketches a tough rewatch many years hence. Oh, really? oh boy was he on point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come a long way no I think Harry Enfield some of that still stands up Oh, good Hale and not... Pace oh, I'm not going to bother it was on ITV I mean that tells you everything
2: doesn't it sure yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh there's the sorry Boy snob coming out oh, again I'm
2: sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poirot just saying Inspector <laughs> yes yeah exactly yeah <laughs> right is that it are we are we happy to maybe round this off or are there any, are we, any final words speak now forever hold your peace not for the I classic
0: think. era in general because you guys will be doing a seventh doctor retrospective absolutely
2: yeah right I, and i would imagine maybe there'll be some classic nostalgia in assuming we're going to do a who back when retrospective as well yeah so That'd you be know, nice. yeah. yeah right so
0: specifically this one
2: specifically this one please I, I
0: may as well mention a theory i've mentioned to you offline before oh yeah about how i think chris chibnall's favorite doctor growing up was the seventh doctor yes he you was have mentioned this he was born in 1970
2: uh-huh. so he'd
0: have been very impressionable at a formative age around this time, 17 to 19. Sure. And I meant to come on the Silver Nemesis review and say how that was basically a non-stop series of explosions where you were introduced to three or four disparate sets of people before the Doc and Co turned up. And that was very much the template Chibbers used. And here I thought the really nasty streak in Midge, the nihilism that sometimes surfaces is what comes up in Jodie's era as well. And it runs counter to the mood there and Jodie and the 13th Doctor herself. And you're like, why is that? And I think it's because it turns up here and this is what Chibbers is aiming for. Interesting. I think this is his template for the best who can be. Oh, okay,
2: Ooh. yeah. I mean, that's it's very possible. I prefer this yes
3: much yes, of his obviously <laughs> I, I just wanted to put that out there obviously <laughs> but
2: that's just
0: something i didn't know if that would fly with either of you jim
2: yeah, that's a solitary
1: i haven't re-watched a lot of chiba's stuff lately so it's not fresh in my head i can't
2: that's
0: an excellent
1: excuse and totally pick excellent. on the parallels yeah. unfortunately right now it did i track with the date of his his birth and growing up i think that kind of makes sense
2: yeah, yeah, mm. all right. Mm. Cool, yeah,
1: solid closer. Shall we try to rate
2: this? Let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we
0: laugh or hate this? bing boom, bing boom. hey, la 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 la, la. Ratings. Okay, podcast land, I am the first sacrificial lamb tonight to be slaughtered on your altar. So here I go. I have a bit of the transcript that backs up my theory, which I came up with five minutes ago, about Chibbers. When Ace says you had to pick a Sunday, didn't you? The one day of the week you can't even get a decent television program. That's why Chibbers moved Doctor Who from Saturday to Sunday.
2: Love it. Oh my goodness, love it. Yeah, definitely. Very good. The
0: only reason. So... (laughs) What I say is of lesser weight than what you guys say, because you've seen more, Leon. You've now seen all of Doctor Who. My goodness. Meh. Meh. But Meh. anyway, here I go. Yep. <laughs> Carry out aside, this episode, this serial, was kind of immersive and involving until I stopped watching it. And then it was very hard to get back into it until I turned it on again. And then, woo! I was hooked all over again. It is complete nonsense. Like Jim says, the master is underwhelming, underused, but at the same time, it has this weirdly alluring, dangerously attractive edge to it. Mm-hmm. The whole turning into animals thing, like it claws at you, it gnaws at you, like it draws you in. And so, for everything where the cat on the brink of death, the cheetah, I should say, puts her face in the water to be revived, and then Ace drags her fully back out onto the land and then the cheetah reveals she can speak and says, please, I just need the water. And then rather than dragging her back to the water, Ace goes and gets, (laughs) all the water leaks out of her hands and she sort of cups them in the cheetah's face and that's all. For every utter bilge moment like that, (laughs) there is a bit of good writing and there's a funny moment. And so, yeah, while this isn't in the top tier and I'd be surprised if either of you are going to Give it a four or up, it was an enjoyable slice of weirdo nonsense. So, the final thing I'll say is that while the doctor was a bit more distant and aloof, maybe a bit more inconsistent. That gave Sophie Aldred as Ace the space to completely shine, and she was the involving factor, I think, for me. Hmm. Like, how far would she become a cheater person? The master, oh, I don't really care either way, but Ace I was invested in. So for that reason, I'm going to give this a sentimentally tinged, perhaps overly generous
1: 2.9. Interesting. Generous. Oh,
0: oh really?
2: Aldred. Oh, Aldred. oh, wow. Wow.
0: We should see to the floor to Jim.
1: Yeah, let's hear it, dude. Well, yeah, I get the same sentiment that you're putting down there, Drew. Like, I enjoyed watching this. And I came away actually thinking I quite liked it. Like, I'm n- not going to say I loved it, that's for sure. But there's a there's a lot going for it. I think the cheetah people, even though they're not what the writer envisaged, were, I think, pretty well delivered. The, the bonkers concept behind it, I actually kind of adored. There's a planet that <laughs> if you're on it for too long, you turn into a cheetah. That's just straight out of a trip you know you don't just come up with that on a sunday afternoon do you that's that's amazing i like when stuff like that is that weird the the shame is though that it doesn't fulfill a lot of the things it tries to but weirdly like as insane as this is it's more cohesive than a lot of the recent classic serials and a lot of classic serials in general to be honest they they always have a reek of, well, sorry, they often have a reek of, there was a different story being written, it got changed, it got ripped apart, some of the pieces are left there, threads are opened and not, not fulfilled, maybe there'll even be a character that just pops up and you go, why the hell were they there? You know, that's the feeling with a lot of classic serials. And I don't get that with this. This feels very actually contained. And and in the weirdness that it has set up, it all makes sense for the most part. The thing that it doesn't make sense with is the master. And I think these are the things that I'm kind of left with as like the very kind of worrying ground that could have been better. So, yeah, the master has lost some of his bite, even though he's gained some fangs. (laughs) Ace... Gets to come full circle, but her arc doesn't have such a clear curve in it. Although, I do like that Ace ends up calling the TARDIS home. That's a nice little touch. Yeah, um, that's lovely. Doc has dropped his comedy for drama, but he's lost his heart along the way. The end we get is a nice afterthought, but it's a shame that the serial itself isn't a proper send-off. Even ignoring the fact they didn't know necessarily they were cancelled, it's still the end of a season. and it, it doesn't have the grandeur of an end-of-season end of serial. Mm. Which is a little bit of a shame. So yeah, I think the takeaway is that there is a lot of negative things around, particularly the use of the master and the plot around the master. But for the most part, I was just entertained with the rest of it. It's fun. It's not amazing. But to me, I don't point holes at it. I don't see a lot of problems. So I can give it a fairly good rating. And I'm actually going to give it 3.7.
2: Oh, now that's generosity. Good stuff. Both guys. Oh, All right. Okay, my turn. First off, I just want to say, just like just like all the cool of a leather jacket is in the sleeves. You know how a leather jacket is badass, but a leather vest there's just something that isn't quite right about it. Turns out all the sexiness of cats simply must be in the tale because um, boy oh boy did this serial eradicate any shred of doubt that may have lingered in the back of my mind that maybe just maybe I ought to give furries a shot one day because yeah hard pass on furries from me chaps in case you were wondering
0: soft pass
2: (laughs) 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 a flaccid nope Okay, back on track. It took 10 years to get to this point, but we did it. And I got more than a little emotional at the very end as they walked off into the sunset. However, even though the premise itself is very Doctor Who, as, as you've both said, like particularly it's very classic Doctor Who, still, I don't feel like this was a representative finale. I don't think that this is the concluding chapter that the show deserved. Terrific acting, fun premise, awesome set pieces, great costumes, but the story just left me wanting more. Doc, great. He's giving it his all, but I will leave my further thoughts on McCoy until we get to his retrospective. Ace, I kind of disagree with you guys. I feel like Ace was a little hit and miss to me. She's great when she leads the team, for example, but she wasn't wholly convincing when she was hanging out with Kara for me. like I didn't really buy that empathy necessarily or that sympathy. And I can see that she may simply be tarnished by past performances now, because as I said, every time that she shared a moment with Kara, all I could hear was That second hand of a watch line. We also have all those hints at Ace's backstory that seemed a shame not to explore here. Will she speak to her family? Does she get an actual reunion with her friends? How does she truly feel about being back in Perivale at the end? She doesn't even get to say she's glad to be leaving without closure, if that is what her heart desires. Because up until now, it seemed to me that her arc was leading her to get back home. Like when she first meets Doc, she's like, are you the chap who's going to be able to take me home? Now he has done so at least give her a chance to say no no home is with you i don't need this i don't even take me past my old house whatever something was missing there the master much less theatrical than he usually is which i prefer but he's also less clever and more feline which i don't this was less theatrical than usual (laughs) yeah oh god yeah yeah wow was like super hammy af before I read in the trivia that this is actually, this was his choice. He wanted to be less theatrical, that he was trying to emulate Delgado here. Right. And this is the kind of classic master that I prefer, rather than the -the over-the-top, gigantic collar, absolutely madcap, everything is for the backseats. So, yeah, anyway, he's not clever enough, though, and that's kind of missing. And as Cakes, I think you said this, this is his last time as the master. The bar one computer game that he voiced. So, Mm. yeah, sir, I salute you. Production value, bonkers, furry cosplay suits, the master's suit, a quarry. Yeah, wow. Greatest asset, Sly McCoy getting to do some sleuthing. Biggest flaw, lack of narrative cohesion and or tales. My main takeaway is this what a fantastic ride it has been, chaps, and podcast land. And yeah, like, uh, like I said, I felt very emotional when this ended, but as so many people out there in podcast land have already proven, Doctor Who will remain out there Even classic Doctor Who will remain out there And we can dive back in anytime we like So I don't really feel like this is An occasion to say farewell To an old friend So much as an occasion to recognise That we've gotten to know that friend Really really well Mm. And for that reason I don't feel bad For not giving this 10 out of 5 Just because it's the last one I also was entertained by this Yeah I've given this 3.5
0: Oh wow
1: Nice Mm. Very good little I said, to use that. Waffle Thank you. waffle over <laughs> oh, pleasure. I feel like a bit emotional
2: <laughs> Right well those are Those are our opinions but pretty sure there are other people In the world with opinions am I right There's a whole There's land full of, of
0: people with opinions Yeah Land population nine Right well let's
2: hear what they have to say Listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max two fifty, or it would get out of hand. Couple Abetron Podcast Land, and welcome to the Listener Mini section of this podcast episode. Holy smokeroonies and cheesecakes! We have a crap ton of minis for your your earballs' delights. More like a solid gold ton. <laughs> you're right you're right I should not have said crap down, cost of living crisis however <laughs> we're going to do the usual thing three in full snippages then four thank you so much everyone who sent something in and please everyone everyone out there in podcast land head on over to whobackone.com and read all of these minis in their full glorious splendor right who's first why it's Jess Wilkinson hello Jess let's read hello. Jess
0: Wilkinson's
2: wards <laughs> <laughs> very nice. I don't know if that worked, but here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it totally works. Right. Jess starts. Hi guys, Jess from Australia here. This classic serial, though not the best, captured my heart. It marked the end of an era filled with cherished memories and adventures alongside the enigmatic doctor. Despite this, there were flaws. Here are my likes and dislikes.
0: Jess's likes. The last scene was a sweet send-off for Ace and the Doctor, leaving room for future off-screen adventures
2: and sparking fans' imagination.
1: Ace calling the TARDIS home was a sweet gesture. Mm.
2: The inclusion of the master felt fitting for Doctor Who's swan song, considering their history as formidable enemies. And the cheetah costumes looked epic.
1: That is a solid likes list. Yeah, Mm. nice. (laughs) But as previously indicated, Jess has some... First one being returning to Perivale, a place Ace despises, seems illogical given her traumatic past and boredom associated with it. The reason given for their return also seems out of character for
2: Ace. Next, dislike. The Cheetah People's storyline felt out of place and slightly nonsensical. Also, why were they riding horses? Yeah, excellent question.
0: what did the horses think about it and what were they fed on
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> every now and then the cat goes to a stables and also teletransports hey
0: <laughs> yeah maybe
2: and sugar cubes
0: <laughs> well talking about teletransports jess's next dislike is the sudden and underwhelming teleportation to perivale lacked dramatic impact
1: mm. and last dislike is ace a cheetah person forever now i guess based on the special she appeared in no yeah and also if she were fair
2: fair dos, it wasn't Perry turned into a bird, <laughs> so well, I think
0: she's pretty much human, but she's cheetah curious,
2: nice. <laughs> <laughs> And Jess continues, before we get into a rating, here is one random fact about survival. The Doctor's final speech was filmed last minute and written after the filming of the rest of the episode. Yes, indeed.
0: Despite its underwhelming and nonsensical aspects, this unplanned swan song of classic who evoked strong emotions in me, making me really love this serial. So yes, I will be rating this story very high, and no, nothing you can say will change my mind.
1: Therefore, says Jess, I rate survival... 4.8 4.8 out of 5. Cheetah's running around an abandoned quarry. Marvelous. What? Holy smokes. Check out the big nice. heart on Jess.
0: Like lazing around, flopping around, but <laughs> sure, nothing I can say <laughs> will change your mind. So, what am I doing?
2: Awesome
1: stuff. Thank you so much, Jess.
2: Thank you, Jess. Thank you. Who's next?
1: It's that chap we can't get enough of, Derek Moore. Moore, please? Yeah. Please, sir, can I have Derek Moore?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Derek Moore starts, my dearest Hoovians, Alas, it is a bittersweet day as I write this review. Goodbye, Seventh Doctor, goodbye Ace. Not sure how to feel about this serial other than it felt like a lot of Seventh Doctor and Ace stories. Great actors, great moments, but a mostly silly script.
0: Derek continues, Subtle Master is always the best. And it's a shame Anthony only gives his best master performance in the last classic Doctor Who story. The Ace yellow eyes and creepy smile cliffhanger in episode two was outstanding. Agreed. But, alas, mm. not really sure what the whole meaning of the story was, particularly the last 15 minutes.
1: Indeed. Derek continues, I am glad Ace never had a goodbye scene with a doctor, particularly in that she didn't fall in love with a man she just met and decided to leave. Speaking of, <laughs> the same-sex relationship innuendos between Ace and the cat person were great, and I like the statement, albeit very subtle. Of inclusivity. Hell, why limit a relationship to the same species?
0: Yeah, indeed. Not supporting bestiality, but whatever.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I know it's
0: (laughs) never I just thought I'd provide a counterpoint before we all started fucking
2: the nearest animal. Leon,
3: does Derek continue?
2: Derek does (laughs) indeed continue with a rating, namely, he says, I give this 3.5, excellent rating, out of 5 interspecies special relationships.
0: Derek has a little bit more on another note. If you are looking to continue on with another great British classic sci fi series, know that I will be waiting eagerly. And if it doesn't, know how much I have appreciated all of you in this temporal trek across the known and unknown universe. Oh. More, more, more. <laughs> Derek, we like it. Derek, we like it.
2: <laughs> oh, now he gets that jingle? Now? Yeah, now. <laughs> That's a great jingle. <laughs> we should have had that ages ago. <laughs> Very good, D- Derek. TBD, TBD, and thank you. good Derek. Thank you so so much, Derek.
3: Who's
0: next? next?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so they're not last. Why? It's Christabs Paddock.
0: Oh, he'll know about the horses. Hello, Christabs. Yeah.
1: Hello, Christabs. Christabs says, had it occupied any other position in the classic Who series, it would have been fairly forgettable. But as it's the very so last. <laughs> Cereal. (laughs) Weep. Ever. (laughs) It gets a lot of attention. Who tackles contemporary issues of racism? There's urban decay. We have yet more social workers. And in all, we have a very real, very modern end to the classic era.
2: Yeah, there are furries, he continues, but that's just part of the fabric of contemporary Britain, is it not? The master pops in, maybe he didn't need to, but it's still a very mastery plot. Mm -hmm. We have, a, we have more of Ace's backstory, though she's no longer a pawn in the Doctor's chess game. The show feels like it's successfully reinvented itself and found steady footing. Cancelling at this point seems a horrendous mistake. 3.8 pots of tea getting cold out of 5. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Fantastic mini, great rating, solid stuff.
0: Nothing about the horses. I guess they've already bolted.
2: Thank you so much, Chris Tapps. Thank you, Chris Thank you. Right. Henceforth, snippages. Who's next? Next, we have a snippage from Stephen from Canada,
0: submitted on October 2021.
2: He has a jingle. He does. Stephen from from Canada. Canada. That's Viva Las Vegas.
1: (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) If you have to explain it, it didn't work. Yeah,
0: then,
2: then <laughs> if you have to explain it, you can't sing.
0: <laughs> I kind of hear it. Stephen's summary is: overall, this story earns 3.9 cups of cold tea out of five. Very similar <laughs> to Chris stapp's rating.
2: Yes, indeed. And mm. I'm still at the bottom. Oh dear! <laughs> Come on, people! Thank you very much, Stephen. Stephen can be found online at s andrejchen. Also, lots of suggestions for future episodes here. Thank you very much, Stephen.
1: Who's next? Next up, we've got Kieran Evans.
0: What up, Kieran? Kieran. What's up, Kieran?
1: Kieran says lots of lovely things and then says, I had a great time rewatching this with only some of the effects and dialogue being iffy. So he gives this 4.3 out of 5. Nice Nice one. Yeah, fantastic, Kieran.
0: Yeah. And he also mentioned the death is like going to Birmingham line, which I meant to make a note of. Loved it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, solid. Thank you very much for that, Mini Kieran. People who are not Kieran, where should they take their custom?
0: So the nearest electric van's forecourt, of course. But of course. And ask for... At least two of such vehicles for all your EVAN needs. That's
2: right, at KJ EVANS two. Thank you very much, Kieran.
0: Who's next? Well, next up it's Viva Ollie Raven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello, Ollie. Hello, Ollie. Ollie says snip, snipity, snip, 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 and concludes with overall I rated three point three tins of cat food being smeared on the pavement out of five when you phrase mm, it like that, Ollie, tasty. <laughs> it sounds delicious. With the old woman twitching at the curtains. Oh, yes. Peeping you, mm. through the crack. Yeah. Thank you very much. Sword at Red. Get away. Sword. Get
0: away. I'm so close. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> thank you very much, Ollie. People who are not Ollie should head on over to Instagram for the rarely updated at... Doctor Who. That's right. All in one word for your convenience. Thank you very much, Ollie.
3: Who's Thanks, next? Molly.
1: Next up is GP Haynes.
2: GP! I said G! You both say hey <laughs> P. 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 P.
0: <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> GP concludes with what's new, Pussycat, and a rating of 1.8 glowing eyes watching you from the bushes. Careful, Leon is dangerously semi adjacent already. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks for finally putting me in the middle of this sandwich.
2: (laughs) No, no comment from me. (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny. Thank you so much, GP. Also, more suggestions for future content here. (laughs) Uh, Very heartwarming. People who are not GP, Cake Boss, can they find GP online somewhere?
1: They can obviously find him by finding (laughs) G-Spots.
2: That's right, on Insta. And the Tubes. Thanks, GP.
0: Thanks, GP. Who's next? Why, next up, it's Michael... Ridgway! Ridgway!
2: Hello, Michael. Love you,
0: Michael! Double the Michael! (laughs) So glad I came to join you guys. (laughs) Heard that
2: before.
3: Yeah, yeah. Hello, Hello, Michael.
1: (laughs) Michael says lots of lovely likes and beefs and observations, all that kind of shenanigans, and then gives us a rating of, unsurprisingly, Five out of five 1980s BBC executives banished to the planet of a cheat people as punishment for cancelling this show. <laughs> and that's
0: the toned down version.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. Ooh, people who are not Michael should obviously also say hi to Michael online. He can be found at bat. Underscore. Movie. Underscore. Love. No more underscores. Thank you very much, Michael. And uh, may I add, so big. Who needs a tail with Michael
0: around? (laughs) Who's next?
1: Who's last? It's (laughs) none other than the Zoonmeister himself, Peter Zoonich. It's Peter. Hello, Peter. Peter says,
2: Shazam, Kablamo, dot, 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 and snips. And he concludes with, there's a lot to like here, but I just don't. Because I don't get it. 1.8 awesome puppet cats that turn into sad 80s exercise clothing wearing furry convention cosplayers with magical horses appearing under their asses. When
0: you put it like what? that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your rating isn't the lowest one. Yeah. No. <laughs> Peter, fantastic. Thank you very much. Good stuff. In fact, thank you everyone who sent something in. Again, Podcast Land, head on over to whoback and read... All of these truncated ones in their full splendor.
0: And thank you, everyone. Who has ever sent something in
2: for a classic? I'm going to have to do this for... I was slightly tempted, but I didn't think of it until it was way too late. But I'm going to have to do this for the proper retrospective to see how many minis we've actually had. (laughs) Are oh you... my goodness, yeah. It's probably quite a few. <laughs> Thousands? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about... Oh, well, maybe, actually. This is it's... a
0: hundred and si- 159th classic review it- itself.
2: Yeah, you're right. It, it must be. It- it- you know what? I don't know if I've shown you this. I've shown this to Cakes. Boss. One person has, in fact... I'm assuming I'm allowed to say this. One person has put together a sheet that tracks every single rating. Huh. And that is Peter Zunich. What a chap! What a chap! <laughs> <Probably, laughs> no, chap public at some point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Holy smokes! That concludes not only our survival review but our classic Doctor Who review. Holy smokes! Holy smokes! Wow! It's just hitting you, right? Just, you thought yeah. you were. That just happened. Yeah. If if you pause it just right, you can see the moment where my heart breaks. Wow! Holy moly! Ten years yeah that was that was quite something. anyway, to be continued, we'll have a retrospective. This is not the very last of Doctor Who, however. quite. Yes, indeed. What is coming up next?
0: In the new Who channel, we'll be leaping into twenty twenty twosville with
2: Eve of the Daleks.
1: That's practically current. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
2: yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a bonus episode of What cakes?
3: The
1: Seventh Doctor's Retrospective. Oh my goodness.
2: Next up in the pseudo-classic channel, release date TBD, is the TV movie Doctor Who. That's right. With Paul McGann, don't you know? Yes. yes. And Sly McCoy, for a split second. On a table. For oh, right. a slab. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that. Is that the only thing we're ever going to review? No, there's an audio to uh, uh, (laughs) finally get around to
0: as well. (laughs) Doctor Who Redacted.
2: Damn right. Yeah. Have you listened to it yet? Nope. Nor I. We've heard how busy we are, podcast man. Give us a break. In the meantime, people can say hello to us online. Cakemeister, where are you nowadays?
1: I'm still floating around on that Mastodon thing. Uh, you can oh, find yes. me at jimmy at the whatnow.eu. Nice. Good stuff, Drew.
0: I can be reached as part of the Who Back When collective yes. by either messaging at whobackwhen, at whobackwhen on Twitter, or whobackwhen at gmail.com with an old-fashioned email.
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah, as indeed we all can be. And you can say hi to me, As well, I'm for whatever reason still on Twitter at Ponken P O N K E N. So it only remains for me to say thank you so much for listening, not just not just to this review, but potentially to 159 of these classic reviews podcast land. Thank you so much. You have been a lovely audience. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Ciao ciao. This still remains true. See ya. Bye bye.
0: And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points.
2: That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your ear balls in our
0: next Who Review or bonus episode. Until then, Chao Chao. Who
3: back when?